0: Welcome oh, in to an Utah's World episode. Tom Haggard, alongside Steve Bartle. Big shout out to Nightweight Subaru, 1207 South Main Street in downtown Salt Lake City, or just thereabouts. Um, inflation's rising, interest rates are rising. You're still seeing a lot of Subarus on the road, and there's a reason for it. They're looking after you still, they're not raising their prices. <laughs> A ton, so they're um, still the best mar- the best car in the market for you to get out and go and buy. So, so head on down, tell them we say good day, and um, I promise, I promise, I promise you'll thank us for it down the road. So uh, my wife has one. Uh, I've had one forever. We drive them everywhere. Uh, good gas mileage, really cool cars, and uh, perfect for the state of Utah. There's no real other way to put it. All right, Steve, here we go. By the way, check Steve out on Twitter. We're at SBuddle.com. <laughs> 247, it's NFL Draft Week, it's actually NFL Draft Day, we're just hours away from the start of the draft, so we won't be able to kind of share where Devin Lloyd's going by, uh, by the time this episode's done, because we don't know, but he will be a first round pick, and there's a good chance that many of our listeners will listen to this podcast after the NFL Draft, but we promise you a lot of the content within this podcast will still be relevant, so do not worry, but firstly, Steve, how are you, man? doing good tom how are you doing man i'm good thanks i'm um yeah i'm not too bad i'm waiting for the sun to come out you know all the tulips have blossomed in the front yard but it's still you know like 70 odd degrees and overcast i'm like where's the sun can you peek a little bit bro come on
1: yeah nah for real give us the sun The wind can die down a little bit. Yeah, I'm trying to get out, trying to work on the swing. I've got a you know an event in a couple months. I got to prepare for. Don't want to embarrass myself. So you know we'll see. But uh, but man, I'm doing good. Um, excited for tonight, obviously with the draft and it continuing over the next couple of days. And so uh, excited to talk about that with you today, Tom.
0: Let's let's obviously start with the draft. We we may well just start and end there. Um. What are your expectations, Steve? Let's go, you know, 30,000-foot view. What what do you anticipate occurring over the next uh, three days?
1: Yeah. No, I think what we'll see is, you know, we'll see Devin Lloyd taken. You know, I think he's going to be taken mid-round, teens, 20s, somewhere in there. I think more important than anything, more important to him you know, going high in the draft, right? Early in the first round, I think the opportunity for him to go later in the draft and find a, a better organization, an organization that could, you know, under that understands how to utilize him, um, and uh, you know, is is a good fit. I think there are a number team, a, a number of teams, you know, in that late round that uh, could use him, and I think that's. Uh, that's super exciting. So you know, there's some good fits, some good opportunities for Devin, and he's obviously going to command a, a lot of the headlines. But over the next couple of days, it'll be interesting, right? Like I think we all are excited for Devin and for him and seeing him, you know, becoming a first round pick and and all of that and the excitement there. But there's a number of guys that have the opportunity, have a chance at being drafted as well. I don't know that. You know, there, there will be too many um, names that we hear early on, you know, day two type stuff. But I think day three is where things will get a little, quite a bit more interesting with the rest of this Utah draft class.
0: I'm looking, um, I, I have been looking, and I I, I had another look. The, the 22nd pick, Steve, in the NFL draft is the Green Bay Packers, Green Bay Packers, I should take. Um, Courtesy of, of course, from the Las Vegas Raiders. Um mm-hmm. and then of course I this was a few days ago. I did some digging and I went into kind of, you know, do the Packers need linebackers? And there may be a need for an inside linebacker there, which Devon can play, but is his mm-hmm. best kind of playing on the outside. And, and so I guess there's a chance he does go number twenty two, which would just be nothing short of crazy. <laughs> like I I I don't know how to even like explain. Well, I
1: mean that. F- yeah so you've got green bay you've got the the new england patriots at 21 you've got the dallas cowboys at 24 and like the the dallas cowboys we you know there's a lot of drama that come with old jerry and 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 jerry world but you know those are big organizations that are driven by winning and in, in that and so you know, obviously with the the Cowboys winning can come and go a little bit more than some of these other organizations uh, but you get into those 20s and there are just some some exciting fits for Devin Lloyd um, the Green Bay I think would be just uh, a really exciting opportunity for him obviously one of the most storied organizations in the NFL they're they're still one of the 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 highest winning you know, over the last few years, and they need help on that defense side of the ball, it seems like, each and every year.
0: Yeah, you you bring up a really good point, because I think this is something that fans of the game are starting to catch up on, obviously. that The later you go in the first round, the better the team is, because yeah. you know, they don't have a high draft pick for a reason. Um, so Green Bay, who's, who's solid, has, has the 22nd Arizona, would be a great place for Devon to go to mm-hmm. at 23. Dallas at 24. Buffalo at 25. Tennessee at 26, Tampa at 27, the return of Brady, and then Green Bay get another pick at 28, and then Kansas City at, at 29. I mean, any any yeah. of those teams, you know, you're yeah. looking at them going, there's a real chance they can make deep, deep playoff runs in 2022-23 season, so... That's um that's exciting. And he may go high. I mean, who knows? He may go in the teens and um and go to a storied organization yeah. as well. But I, I look. I just think it's remarkable. Steve, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, I think it, you're you're right, Tom. It is remarkable, right? Like he's going to have like going in the first round is a big deal. It's a life changer. I, I, you know, you're looking at some of the contract numbers, projected contract numbers, you know, and outside once you get outside of like the top what is it top 15 where they're 17 million overall over the course of their contract you know you get to 15 16 million right around that 18th pick which is Philadelphia who's a, a, an organization that has been linked to Devin Lloyd as well from there like there's not much difference in terms of the money compared to the the top half of the draft where top 10 you're making 20 25 30 million So from 15 on, like it's really just about finding the best fit for him because he's still, even at the 32nd pick, the last pick in the first round, that, that contract is still going to be 12.5 mil, which is just, again, that's life changing money. And for Devin Lloyd, again, you know, we've seen it all. The the dude has earned every bit of this. He's turned himself into just an incredible player. So it's awesome to see guys like that, you know, have this opportunity and to, to be rewarded in, in a way.
0: I'm just hoping he doesn't go 32. Steve, <laughs> yeah. the, the Detroit Lions have uh, the 32nd pick, and I'm. Um, come on, don't do Devin like that, Detroit. Don't do it. Fair, um, very fair. But it would be cool, I guess, either way to see him go in the first round, which he will, I have no doubt. Um, so yeah. from there, it's kind of it, it's kind of a bit of a mess, isn't it, as it relates to yeah. Utah football? You've got big Bam Olaseni, Nick Ford are the two kind of big offensive linemen that are looking to go. Uh, Nephi Sewell, Devin's uh, companion there at the linebacker a year ago, he's probably going to get picked up, I assume, pretty late in the draft. Britton Covey's another guy yeah. that is optimistic. I, look, I, I actually I, I do think Britton Covey's going to get drafted. I really, truly feel it in, in, in my heart that Britton Covey, I just think he's too good yeah. of a return specialist, and he adds to a wide receiver depth. That is invaluable at the NFL position, and he's and he's he's really 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 smart from yep. a football standpoint. His football IQ is is incredible, um, and I think I think a team's going to draft him because I just don't think you're let a player of his caliber go into the undrafted space. So, um, and then who am I? Mika Tafua. What are you mm-hmm. reckon about? That, that, that's an interesting conversation. He didn't get invited to the combine, which I was just shocked about, um, which would also state that, you know, there's a chance maybe he doesn't get drafted, but, but I think he's, he's too good. His resume is, 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 is amazing. He was terrific at Utah, Steve. Do you think he goes? He
1: absolutely was, No, he absolutely was. And I know, you know, it was um, for me, I had the opportunity to, to get out on the road, to go to a, I went to every game is basically what I'm trying to get to. I don't know why I was you drove trying to say to what I like was going yeah. I went to every game, right? And so that brought the opportunity to, you know, I interacted with some scouts on the road at, at one of the games. I think it was the Oregon state game and they were there to watch Mika Tafua. Right. Um, and so, you know, that was something I know that there's a, a good amount of interest. I know the Steelers were another organization that sent scouts to Utah to, uh, to evaluate Mika Tafua. There's a good amount of interest. And, so it's interesting. He should have been at the combine. I think he was dealing with an injury at the time. I don't know if that factored into the decision to, um, to invite him or whether Mika de- declined an in invitation. I don't know for sure just yet, but I, I, he was recovering from surgery, you know, that a nagging injury that he suffered, I think in the Colorado game, which really says a lot about him and, you know, the willingness to, you know, continue to play through that. Um, And so, you know, he's got, he's got, you look at his resume, you look at his production, Tom, like you mentioned, um, he was, I think, top two in the country, the entire country um, in pressures generated. He had something, an absurd number, like 73 pressures, uh, which is just absurd. I think Kayvon Thibodeau had like 56, something like that. It wasn't a, a big number. Aiden Hutchinson, I think, was another guy that had like seventy something, and Mika Tafua was ahead of him. And so, you know, like there's there's potential there for for Mika, and there's interest there. Um, what that looks like, you know, I, we'll see. But I do know that like, there's genuine interest in him as a prospect at the next level.
0: Wait, when you said that, you, when you were talking about him, and and as as you made the run on, he kind of declined in NFL. I would be stunned. Steve, you seem to know more than I bet, but come on, you can't. Like, even if you're recovering from an injury, to me, the NFL Combine is not just a a place in an environment where you can showcase your your skill set
1: physically,
0: but it gives you a chance to speak to people. You know, every single night, when I was there, and I was a punter for crying out loud, it's different for uh, for other skilled position players. But every single night, you know, we got a chance, and I know, you know, defensive ends and quarterbacks and offensive linemen and the rest of the gang, everybody gets chances to to go from table to table to bounce around and and speak to their um, right. respective kind of positional coaches. And so, um no, anyway, you're, still you're shocked. You're right. Mind.
1: Yeah, you're you're absolutely right there, Tom. No, I agree. I'm with you there.
0: So I hope he didn't, I really hope he didn't reject an offer because I would tell him to fire his agent <laughs> as soon as possible because yeah. that would be a horrible decision. And who am I missing? TJ Pledger is a sneaky mm-hmm. chance, I think, to get drafted. I'd love to hear your thoughts on him. And then Theo Howard's another guy that's really interesting. He didn't have a great year at Utah. He had a good year, but he has produced... At UCLA and at Oklahoma, some of the biggest names in college football, and he's been doing it for some time. So I guess you you can't rule him out either, can you?
1: No, no. He's you know he's got the production. He's got you know a game that you know he's got a lot a lot of experience, a lot of know how, and that's always valuable at the next level. Um, you know, I'm with you, Tom. I think TJ Pledger is a guy that you know could sneak into one of those later rounds. I think he's definitely a guy that uh, has proven. His capabilities at the running back position. Um, you know, saw something, uh, him talking about his decision to come to Utah and what went into that, and his and Utah's offense and running downhill, um, was something that attracted him to the program. And he showcased that he can, you know, he can run downhill, he can be a, a traditional back of sorts. He's always been viewed as this scat back, this pass catching guy, but he can, he can carry the load at times. And I think his season here um, proved that. And so I, I, I'm with you there, Tom. I think TJ is a guy that certainly um, could sneak into the late rounds. And I think he tested really well at Utah's pro day, which is going to help him uh, as well. Uh, you know, the other guy, Nephi Sewell, I think is, it, I go back and forth on like who I think is going to be, you know, the next, the guy after Devin Lloyd, right? And I think Nephi Sewell is right in that mix. I know he had a ton of interest throughout the season, just like Mika Tafua, um, you know, when scouts came to the program, they were, they, they weren't here, you know, they were, they were here to to talk to Nephi and, and get an idea of what he was. And I know like the Chargers had a good amount of interest in him, uh, which is exciting for me being a Chargers fan and would love to see that. So, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. Like who is the next guy after, after Devin Lloyd? Um, just because it could be a number of different players. It could be could be TJ, could be Bam. You know, somebody would love to take a flyer on his measurables and potential at six eight, three forty. Um, and so, you know, like there's a number of ways this could go, you know, late in the round, which is it's 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 nerve wracking, but it's exciting at the same time. Like you just want to see all of these guys have that opportunity to hear their name
0: called. Here's what I'm pretty certain about. Um, As I look ahead to the draft, I'm pretty sure, look, Utah may not break their NFL draft record, which was like seven or eight players, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of years back. I don't think they're going to break that. But I do think they're going to have anywhere from four to to six, maybe, players drafted. And and then there's going to be a ton of guys, or a handful, I should say, they're going to get picked up on undrafted free agent contracts and fight for their life to, um, to make the team, I, I do think it's going to be a good draft for Utah. I'm almost certain, in, in, and, and I'm really comfortable in saying that by the time these, these three days are all but said and done, it's, it's going to be a really good draft for the Utah football program, and it's just going to add uh, more ammo to, to them that they can use on the recruiting trail. I mean, they'll have mm-hmm. a you know first-round pick, for crying out loud, which uh, doesn't happen often. Last would have been Garrett Bowles back uh, a couple of years ago, but still, you know, that's rarefied air. And then if you can if you can add like you know four or five guys following Devon, then yeah, my word, I mean that that's a tr- yeah. terrific draft class, and yeah. um, and they deserve it. And to think that only two of them got invited to the combine, it's just like it's what, just what crazy. is going on? Yeah, you know, yeah, can't quite figure it out. I think Arizona State had like. They had
1: like four or five. They had some like crazy number six, I think, even.
0: They had a number of guys there. How good a salesman is Herm Edwards (laughs) for crying out loud? She's Louise. Sweet beard of Zeus. So, anyway, do do you agree? Do you you feel pretty comfortable and confident in saying that this is going to be a, a promising draft class for Utah?
1: I, you know, I think that there will be a couple guys selected after Devin Lloyd. I, I don't know that we'll see five. I don't know that we'll see six, but I think Utah can get two, three other guys. You know, I think that that's absolutely, um, very, very possible and likely even. So I, I'm, I'm right there with you, Tom. I do think that we'll get, uh, get to see multiple guys drafted over the next couple of days. And you know, you're bringing up like just what the impact could be for Utah, um, with success you know, in the draft. And I've had this running piece at Zone that kind of highlights just the upward trend and trajectory of the program in three key phases. And that's obviously wins, you know, how productive you are winning, you know, winning football, recruiting, you know, the not only just the team ranking, but the average rating of recruits. And that's gone up. And then draft picks. Over the last few years, you know Utah's had a number of guys. The highest number of guys in a three-year period, or like four or five-year period, than they've ever had. And so, you know, you add a first-round pick to that mix. That's only going to help you moving forward, and that's going to continue to feed into recruiting, which is then going to feed into you know, on-field results and winning, which is only going to help, you know, the NFL draft success as well. So, you know, those three pillars are impacted and uh, by by the other two, and you have success on draft night, that's just going to help you moving forward. So uh should be super exciting for sure.
0: So I haven't heard you mention Nick Ford yet, Steve. Are you, yeah. Do you, do you feel good about Nick? I mean, because here's the deal. Last year, he's, he came out publicly and was like, I got a third-round grade, but I'm going to come back and win a championship, and he did that, so kudos. Mm-hmm. But when he came out and said I got a third-round grade, I was like, wow. You know, I think Nick Ford's a really good player, but I didn't quite think he was maybe third-round good. And so that did surprise me, and yeah, that's the reason I'm not a scout. But um, mm-hmm. do you think he can go? Do you think he could be the yeah. second guy taken after Devin Lloyd? Is that is that a real possibility?
1: Yeah, people can't see the podcast, but as soon as you mentioned his name, I, like, threw my hands up, like, oh, I can't believe we forgot Nick because – yeah, I do think that he's a guy that absolutely factors into, you know, guys that could, um, could hear their names called late in the draft. Like he's a guy where, um, you know, he, having that ex- experience across the line of scrimmage, he's played all five positions. That's a unique thing on the resume, but he's got, he's got this athleticism. He's got the build. He's got the tenacity, the, the, the playing style that I think really, Speaks well to scouts and how they evaluate. Got to work on some of the fundamentals. And as a coach, like that's kind of the thing where can excite you at the same time. Like it's, it's, I'm sure it's a frustrating thing to, to evaluate a recruit that doesn't play with proper technique all the time. But as a coach, like you're looking at this, like, okay, we take him sixth, fifth, whatever round and we get him here. He's a guy that we like athletically we like him physically and we can coach up you know the consistency in which he plays with uh the technique that he plays with and so you know all of this it's not just nick and i'm not just trying to signal out, you know single out nick like all of these other guys have other things that they that coaches are viewing as well um and so yeah like i do think nick is right he's a guy that for whatever reason once the season ended, like the, the buzz around him and, and the draft just stopped. And I don't understand it because he was a guy. He's, like I said, he's got the athleticism. He's quick. He's strong. He's got what you want in an offensive lineman. So I, I'm, I fully agree with you, Tom. Like I think he could be, you know, another guy that's in the mix there late in the, late in the draft.
0: Well, all these. GMs coaches and scouts it's it's worth remembering as fans of the game that they value potential more than any other trait. yeah look you have to perform at the college level there's no question but they don't they want to see if you've got more in the tank how much better can you be as a player uh, in the National Football League um and if they if they believe you can be great and you haven't reached your your potential yet then then you'll get you'll, you'll more than likely get drafted um and so anyway keep working on that look we, we don't have a ton of time steve has a, has an appointment he has to he has to make but I, we cannot steve we cannot it would be cynical if we got out of this podcast without talking about the chaos That has ensued over the last week. And from all reports, Ute Zone has just lost its mind. The people on there, Steve, you've been bloody playing, you know, the role of psychologist from all reports that I'm hearing. So, so let me just paint the picture for those that have been living (laughs) under a rock. Okay. This bloody blog from Alabama came out and started talking about Dalton Kincaid potentially entering the, pardon me, the transfer portal. Uh, and, and Alabama is a team that are looking to bring Dalton Kincaid in, to which Utah fans emphatically began to deny nothing came out from Utah, nothing, for like three days, I think. It was like, what are we doing? Yeah. Can you just make a statement, Dalton? And uh, finally, finally, Utah Football published a video that was very Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady-esque. Um basically so stating that Dalton is not entering his name in the transfer and that he, he will be returning to Utah, which is great news. But my question to you, Steve is, so do you have any more insights into how that all unfolded or like, what, I mean, like, is that the future of NIL? Is this how teams are going to like recruit these, these, these potential kids now, even though they're, they're not in the transfer portal? it just, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> sorry, Tom. My uh, my AirPods disconnected, so I I uh, I I missed the last little bit. But uh, picking up, I assume where you left off with Dalton Kincaid. Uh huh. Um, an incredible response, right? <laughs>
0: like, is this the future the, of NIL? I guess that's oh, the question man. I was uh, asked, uh, asking. Is what I'm trying to say because,
1: and, yeah. So, and this this was something I I I wanted to bring up was okay the 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 need to respond to something to a rumor would not be necessary if things weren't actually happening, right? Like if things weren't happening behind the scenes where Dalton was actually being contacted by Alabama people, Alabama fans, Alabama boosters, Alabama former players, Alabama current players maybe, you know, whatever. Um, the, the need to respond and send something, a video like that out onto Twitter, right? Like there would be no need for that if it wasn't actually going on behind the scenes. And I think it's, mm. it's wild. Um, and you I think, think, you think it's, he,
0: you think, sorry to cut you off. You, you think he had been contacted Steve?
1: Well, so like, here's the thing, like I, I've had Dalton on the, my podcast, like the block cast before uh-huh. and. And he's talked very openly about how um, players are recruited through, like the trans, like are are contacted nowadays. Like he's talked about it, not himself, but he's alluded to the fact that players are, you know, contacted. And so this is absolutely, and it's not. I don't think. I think NIL has just poured gasoline onto this little fire. I think it's always been. Yeah. Something that's happened, you know. Yeah. But I just think with NIL opening the the door, you know, wide open, it's it's uh I think it's absolutely going to continue to be a factor moving forward. And it's 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 scary, right? Like this is wild. There has to be some sort of regulation on this. Um, like because it's just it's absurd that this kind of stuff can go on.
0: Wow. Yeah, that is that is such an interesting conversation and look one that we're going to need to dive into next week. Um, It's all about the NFL draft this week and for good reason, but that, that is an off season conversation that is uh, perfect for a podcast episode. uh, And to try and further understand just, just what's happening uh, out there in the world of college football and, and obviously the Dalton Kincaid situation, um, I I have no doubt that it would have caused a bit of panic within the Utah football facility. I I you know, how could it not? Um, you know, that that blog, that Alabama page had uh, 25 odd thousand followers. So like it was, you know, it was like a, a decent fan page, you know. It wasn't just this this loser in his basement that had 700 followers, you know. So um anyway, look, that's that's for another time. We wish nothing but the best to all of the Utah football. Former yep. players that are uh, hoping to hear their name called over the next three days. We cannot wait, honestly, cannot wait to uh, to see all the success that unfolds before our very eyes. Steve, you've got to run, and we've got to say another quick thank you to Nate Wade Subaru. Love, 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 and appreciate all of the, the many kind men and women that work out there at uh, Nate Wade Subaru. Without you, this podcast is simply not possible. Steve, be well, travel safe, and until next week, my friend, We'll speak again, but um, thanks for your time as always. Thanks, Tom.